What's the fifth secret, Anne? Don't you bullshit me now. What evidence people got on the Freddy Angelo murder, huh? Gabby, you're beginning to think cops were involved. Yeah. Why? It was an unmarked police car. It's a piece of shit four-door. Besides, you and everybody could drive like that, only cops drive like that. Now, what do you know? We have an eyewitness who saw two men in an unmarked police car dump Freddy Angelo's body into the Piazza d'Italia. Why did they think it was an unmarked police car? They saw a blue light and a radio in the front seat. Why'd you withhold this information from the police, huh? The police are the suspects. Re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re
the rest of the letters. But wait I- a second. Wait a second. Hold on. When was this photo taken? In September. When? when- I don't have an exact date. Oh, I'm uh, sure I could look up when the Alligator Festival was in 2001. So I, I'd i love to know how quickly somebody thought, we need to print this t-shirt immediately. Because this is presumably just after September 11th, 2001. This is not long after like this this and and you and and they they got onto the onto the the racks at whatever gas station you were at in Louisiana buying t-shirts they they got it on there this this uncle sam flipping the bird t-shirt oh it was everything they had those they had the terrorist hunting permits all that all all those fun yeah. post 911 in the deep south things but I, I, I was, I was swept up, swept up in it. Yeah. So I, I had the T-shirt, and I'm eating alligator like I, like I was to quote the Creedence Clearwater Revival, "Born on the Bayou." So would you say that this period where this photo is taken was this you at your most patriotic? Like within days of nine eleven, probably. Yeah. Like to the point, because I, yes. I mean, yes, obviously it was devastating, uh, but I never bought any clothing that indicated uh, my views towards terrorists. I, I, I'm just definitely I'm just curious, did within it, weeks of nine yeah. eleven, and although I would say you've always been more of a graphic tea guy than I am. Yes, this is true. So that's true. So that's uh, true. I, no, I don't know. You've got your share. Uh, don't sell yourself short on on the graphic. You you have actually introduced me to several. One of my favorite. I mean, not quite a da- a graphic tee, but I I only have it because you had an extra one, and that would be our, the Del Preston T shirt. Well, Del Preston, the Del Preston, which which. I wore during our Wayne's World episode because Del Preston is a character in Wayne's World too. Del Preston, that's less of a graphic tee because it's most it's just text. So there's yes, there is uh, you know, something printed on the shirt, but it is not uh so much imagery as it is the you know, just the the text in kind of like an ACDC font right. that says Del Preston. But going back to Louisiana, I do want to share with you that I do remember you brought me back a an alligator foot back scratcher. Oh yeah. I remember this. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, and, and also, you know, you, you shared that photo of yourself, uh, eating the alligator. So uh, I, you know, for quite a long time have been a, uh, vegan animal rights activist in my own ways. And, uh, certainly alligator is not anything I've ever eaten, uh, nor would I, nor would you have gotten me an alligator foot back scratcher during that time, during, since the time I, you know, right. became an animal rights activist. This is long before this was that. several years um, earlier. But, <clears throat> right. But, uh, I did work on a number of reality television shows that, uh, were filmed in Louisiana. I was never there. I was always in post-production and, uh, uh, it was during the time right after Hurricane Katrina, where uh, when there were a lot of tax incentives to film in Louisiana and boost the economy, which full support of that. And so a lot of the shows that I did were shows that were filmed out on swamps, uh, more in like the, the Baton Rouge area uh, in the swamplands there. So there was uh, Swamp People on the History Channel and a show I did for CMT called Swamp Pawn, which was kind of like taking advantage of the the pawn shop television show craze that was going on at the time. And that one, it, you know, it centered around a seafood wholesaler. So somebody who alligator hunters would bring gators to and he would buy them off of the, the hunters mm-hmm. and uh, sell them for meat or 
leather, you know, the, the skin and, um, you know, all sorts of reasons. I'm sure some of them, some of the people he sold to perhaps turned their feet into back scratchers. We never really got into any of those episodes, but perhaps if it got a few more seasons, who knows? But uh, that's yeah. the the beginning and the end of my Louisiana experiences, not having been there, but I uh, working with people, you know, remotely who are in Louisiana on these television shows in and around Louisiana. Right. Yeah. And, and just to kind of throw out a couple of b- very brief anecdotes about Louisiana it, it it was in uh Lafayette, Louisiana, which is much more of a like bayou m- much more like bayou country. Uh, oh, yeah. It was in Lafayette. It was in a like uh like comics and collectibles baseball card store where uh the one and only time that I was called a damn Yankee. Not that I did it was not a I did nothing to offend anybody. But just the shop owner was talking to me and one of the other actors on the tour. And we said that we were from New York. And what's a couple of damn Yankees doing down here? Uh, So it wasn't so much in a way of uh, showing disapproval for you. But just oh, as no. you know, that's kind of just the the mentality and the the humor, right? Of uh, somebody from New York, yeah. Well, we did do a um, we did do an episode of Swamp Pawn where the Rick, the seafood wholesaler, and his wife go to visit New York, and our brother Scott was on the episode uh, because they go on a pizza tour. Scott runs Scott's Pizza Tours, and it also shows them going to Two Boots Pizza, which nice. is. Uh, Louisiana inspired pizza. So it was kind of like the, the blending of two worlds while also having this kind of fish out of water story of these, you know, people who never leave the swamp suddenly, uh, in the middle of all these tall buildings, looking up in wonder and, uh, uh, seeing alligator, you know, leather purses and things like that and seeing how much they sell for and right. yeah, their eyes popping out of their heads, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I it, I really enjoy uh, viewing, you know, any type of culture, like pop culture stuff that that takes place there, that's filmed there. Um, there, I feel like the there was a New Orleans season of the Real World that was also like post Katrina, and I remember watching that season. That's like probably mm. the last season of the Real World that I watched, and I, I yeah. really like that one. Um, Queer Eye did a season in in New Orleans, which was great. So I I always really like seeing that particular bubble because it's so different from everywhere else in the country. Well, and and speaking of movies, I went to the movies quite a bit in Louisiana, but the experience, oh. the move. So, but I want to share my the 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 movie going experience that really stands out. Uh, was mm-hmm. Zoolander because oh, Zoolander yeah. is such a New Yorky movie. There's like mm-hmm. there, there were definitely moments in Zoolander where I was la- I was laughing and I got the impression I was like the people in the theater are not catching that that's a joke or like what's funny about they're that. watching a very different movie than you are right yeah. right yeah so it was funny i mean most of the other movies that i saw in louisiana i mean i i can remember a lot of the movies i saw on that tour i could not necessarily tell you which ones uh, louisiana i think saw monsters inc in louisiana that also might have been mississippi okay. i don't recall but i definitely remember zoolander in louisiana right. it was closer to baton rouge uh, than New Orleans, but definitely that that sense of being of of seeing it from a, a more per- familiar perspective, and kind of like pro- the way that we look at things about New Orleans, especially s- films and stories that r- are real. I would say capture the essence of the city, which I th- I think are the film we're going to talk about today. Uh, not being someone sure. from New yeah. Orleans, 
I thought the Big Easy was uh, a solid representative film of that city. Yeah, uh, they, you know, it starts off with this big sweeping shot just showing you the city and, uh, and, and the entire atmosphere. And, you know, there are scenes that take place very much, you know, in the heart of New Orleans. And then, you know, when you see... Uh, at like the guy's mom's house it's kind of out in the more of like a neighbor well, not so much neighborhoody but it's a little bit less of an urban area and you know just seeing the architecture and the music that they have in there just captures a very different world than anything else that we've at least talked about in our you know journey through the United States right so far uh, and i'm sure that'll be true of the rest of them um but yeah no i it's it's a really special place and i feel like the big easy captures that in a really cool way yeah it's uh right it, it's got its own distinct flavor and like you said, the architecture, seeing so many houses on stilts was yeah. something different. It was, oh, right. Yeah, that's a concern. And of course, th when I was there was a few years before Hurricane Katrina, but we we all saw what happened there and that, yeah. you know, just how threatened by flooding this this city is oh speaking of threats another fun new orleans thing so people in new orleans are they but the, no but they are very much and this kind of applies to the film because something that you get a sense of in this film is that the ellen barkin character and osborne is an outsider right hey, you know what i'm gonna give a quick i have a very quick oh, synopsis yeah, yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to breeze through that really fast and uh let, then let's pick up on that. Okay. A New Orleans wise guy, and I say it in quotes, is murdered and the investigation becomes a joint effort between Remy McSwain, a local homicide detective, and Ann Osborne, an outsider district attorney. Remy immediately seduces Anne despite her better judgment, which becomes complicated when an internal affairs investigation uncovers a bribery scheme that lands Remy in the defendant's seat opposite Anne's prosecution. But after the case's dismissal, they are both witness to a murder that implicates the New Orleans Police Department in a way that Remy can't ignore. They work together to uncover the truth behind a massive police scheme to frame an organized crime syndicate and line their own pockets with millions of dollars in drug money. So, uh, yes, Dennis Quaid is Remy McSwain, Ellen Barkin is Ann Osborne, Ned Beatty is Captain Jack Kellum, who is a father figure to, uh, to Remy, and, and also very much in the sense that he will become his stepfather uh, as he is engaged or getting engaged to Remy's mom. Uh, we also have John Goodman in there as one of the other cops in the uh, homicide department. There's a, it's, it's a really nicely well-rounded cast. Uh, everybody feels appropriate. I don't know, Dan, if you, if you agree with me there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I feel like this, this was also a great way for John Goodman to start getting into his character for the princess and the frog. Uh, you know, learn, you know, learning a little bit about the, uh, the Cajun accent. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and it, it's interesting. So looking at, at this cast and thinking about, well, that this is coming out in August 1987, Dennis Quaid, uh, Inner Space is already in, in theaters. And I don't think either of yeah. these movies was as successful as I remember Inner Space was considered a disappointment in terms of how much money yeah. it made. Uh, sure. But The Big Easy was was successful enough to get a spinoff television series. This is true. Not that it was, that was on the U a successful on the USA Network but USA? before yeah. that meant something, because I would I would say that the, right. the quality of USA shows has since increased and this is someone who is experiencing suits at least partially second hand uh through somebody else in the house watching it but uh you know i only just learned i've never seen suits i've only just learned that it's called that because of lawsuits not because they were the, oh yeah 
law. I, I honestly was always yeah. like, why would they call this show Suits? Because they wear suits? I didn't know that it was about, like, I'm assuming it's about lawyers, if it's it, about lawsuits. It is indeed about lawyers and, okay. and lawsuits. And there are suits worn. So... I believe there it's a play. Worn. I believe it's a play on on the word. But yes, anyway, I recommend suits. It's a good time. Okay, check it out. But back to the I but I don't think I will. But it, it, it is likely a higher quality show than the Big Easy series was. But I have to say the big the film The Big Easy was an entertaining watch. I enjoyed it. Totally entertaining. My, if I had one complaint, it's just that uh, Dennis Quaid's Cajun accent was just so jarring to me when I like oh, when the movie first starts. Yeah, it's he lays it on really thick, but I feel like I got used to it pretty quickly. Well, I think if you imagine his Cajun accent without all the cocaine that he was doing during the filming <laughs> of this, it probably was pretty good. The Cajun accent on Coke was uh, a bit much. <laughs> I, I, okay, first of all, this is like, you know, this is Dennis Quaid's sweet spot, the, the, the late 80s. I feel like he's doing his best work. He's his most charismatic. Uh, he's not MAGA yet. So that's cool. Right. And, uh, you know, and he's and he's a lot of fun. And then you, you kind of take a look at, uh, uh, his his brother and you say oh I like him even more because he's not like that guy. <laughs> uh, oh no, Randy Quaid was even at that time at that time was still you know performing well in uh, in theaters. He wasn't yet completely off his rocker. Right. Yeah. This this was. I mean, this is yeah. pre National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which I, pro- I would say Independence Day is probably Randy Quaid. But it's post vacation. It is post original vacation. And yeah. I could not off the top of my head tell you what Randy Quaid was doing. Pa- parents, which was like a cannibal, like a, a dark comedy about cannibalism, like suburban cannibals. You know what I really liked Randy Quaid in? I really liked him in, um, oh, The Last Detail. Oh, yeah. With Jack yeah. Nicholson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, that, Hal like Ashby. Young, I really liked that. The kind of like young. Yeah. Like Randy the Quaid. young. Yeah. Kind of doofy. I mean, it's doofy in the older, but kind of like the young, go- like goofy, yeah. kind of innocent, but you know, goofy. Not, uh, sure. Yeah. Randy Quaid. Dennis, but yeah, he was doing a lot. He was doing a lot of interesting stuff then. And, you know, Clearly, he had, uh, you know, his the vacation movies. He's wonderful in Kingpin. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, you said Independence, Independence Day. He's fantastic in. Um, so, you know, it's it's just when his personal life and his sensibilities uh, kind of shifted into a, a different direction. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's right. Maybe he's right and we're all wrong. I think... Uh, yeah, and I, I think I feel like Brokeback Mountain was the last thing that I can remember mm. him like the last high profile role I can remember him having before, like that whole tax evasion and going off the yeah. grid and all that. So another Randy Quaid is is another story. We are, uh, of course, perhaps we'll cover yep. a Randy Quaid movie. Fully, but we're talking Dennis here. Dennis Quaid. I always, I always liked Dennis Quaid. I, oh, I liked very much uh, his performance as Jerry Lee Lewis in Great Balls of Fire. I have not watched that movie right. in a long time, but it was. I. It's maybe better if you don't. No, yeah, I. That's kind of where I am with it, and that's fine. But I I remember thinking his performance still like regardless was pretty good. Of course, not really knowing much about Jerry Lee Lewis, I'd read the book that it was based on. But re- uh-huh. really liked uh, Dennis Quaid in that, uh, and I really liked him yeah. in this, despite like you said the accent a bit much. But the accent's a bit much, but it's also it's like eh, okay, okay. Oh, uh, uh, I. What's up? I was gonna. I was gonna point out. Uh, there's a couple of great cameos in here, including uh, a, a a figure from one of my favorite movies of all time, 
JFK, we have Jim Garrison, oh, uh, the, actual the former Jim district attorney Jim Garrison in this as a judge. Playing himself. Playing himself. Very and yeah. very low-key and not suspecting any conspiracies at all, even though conspiracies abound in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Solomon Burke. Of yes. the gang oh, he's fantastic. He's up. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yes. He's so good. He's so good. Um, just real quick again, r- real quick about uh, Dennis Quaid. Loved him in The Right Stuff. Yes. The Right Stuff is a movie that I always want to go back and watch again. Um, such an incredible cast and uh, just a, a cool film. Anybody who hasn't seen it, you know, it's just the the early uh, U.S. getting into the space the space game. Really awesome. Excellent. Stuff. Film. Really fun. Excellent. Um, film. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and Ellen Barkin in this is so awesome. I feel like she really takes control over her character. Um, I feel like a little disappointed at times when she succumbs very easily to Dennis Quaid's advances, but also Dennis Quaid is very charming and funny and handsome. I mean, and uh, it's also a 1980s crime thriller meant to really showcase the male star and i think that i think that casting ellen barkin is a strong choice that and and she elevates the role but the role is written to be yeah ellen barkin is also particularly good at playing a woman who is being seduced by the wrong guy uh, and I th- I'm thinking of Ocean's 13. Oh. <laughs> uh, she's, you know, she's like uh, Al Pacino's, I don't know if assistant is the right word, but kind of like right hand. And she uh, succumbs to the advances, the chemically induced ad- advances of Matt Damon's character in order to, you know, swindle them. Um, but she's so great in that role. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's like little nuggets of that in the Anne Osborne character, too. And uh, she's she's delightful. She's so fun. Well, and, she's so great. And she's her physicality is something that's always stands out in her yes. roles. I think about Switch, uh, a which I haven't I haven't seen that one in a long time. But I just remember again, like here's a movie that is really being carried by this. It's where a a, a womanizer like uh-huh. wakes up the one morning as a woman and. That and that one is one that I I've seen the like poster for it a zillion times, but have never actually watched it. But I've been curious about it. That's Jimmy Smith's, Joe Beth Williams, Lorraine Bracco, um, and it's a Blake. Yeah, Blake I, Edwards. I need to watch that one. I think right. Blake Edwards. It's a Blake Edwards. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I haven't seen that. I, I actually do want to go back. Watching this movie made me want to go back and watch that because again. It was her physicality. And like you said, when she, when she, she's being seduced and she knows it's the wrong guy and it's, she does this thing like it's not just in her eyes. It's just like, she's like in her body, that moment where she's just like, all right, okay, fine, whatever, I'm in. <laughs> she, yeah, she does a lot with her physicality that's very, I think, unique to her. And, uh, she has like full control over every move that she makes. And, uh, you know, you can tell that like everything that she does is like, you know, as an actor, it's like, she just gets completely absorbed into the role that she's playing. And which I mean, that's the goal, but she does it with just like every molecule in her body. Right. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really fun to watch her in this movie. Uh, I feel like the plot is really solid. I am a sucker for like internal affairs, you know, dirty cop kind of stuff. And I feel like the way they handled it in this was really cool because even though you're seeing, uh, you know, Remy doing things that are shady, you're still like, this is the protagonist but I'm I'm enjoying watching him be shady. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was something that I liked about it was yeah. was that they weren't trying to make him look like a, a, a like some 
knight in shining armor, white knight. But yeah. that also, but I, what I what I also thought was great about the script was the scene when he says, where he's just like, "This is just what I was. This is normal to me. Yeah, this is what I grew up with." And yeah, like yeah, right, not a big deal because. Oh, because also like he's the the money that and I, it's called the widows and orphans fund. I love when they talk about it. what about the widows right. and orphans. But yeah. he's putting his brother through law school. Yeah, sure. You do understand why he's doing what he's doing, but also, like you were saying, it's part of the job. It's something that they all do. There's an there's like an entire interrogation room that's just dedicated to counting cash. And when he gets busted for kind of accepting a bribe, I feel like there he does enough in that moment, I feel, to, uh, I don't know, perhaps wriggle himself out of it, even if there was video of him. I, you know, he He runs from the like, cops and pocket- eats the evidence. Well, but he, not the cash, though. It's just oh, an right, envelope. he throws the cash. I mean- yeah, and there's and I don't think there's video of him eating the envelope. It's just the no, video no, no, of him no, no, sitting no. at yeah, the bar. We... Yeah. So, uh, right, which is so wonderful. And, uh, you know, nobody eats an envelope like Dennis Quaid. I was just thinking that. that. <laughs> I was just like, and right, because he, he gets the whole, the, there's jaw action, there's cheek movement, and the yeah. eyes are like, his eyes are like, try and stop me from eating this envelope. His, yeah. He's a great he's a great comedic eye actor. Uh yeah, his 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 jaw is doing such great work. I feel like his nose also like kind of comes down in a way. Gets where in it's on the action. Like, oh, this guy this guy's hilarious. The nose yeah. is not left uh, out. Yeah. But even after that, when he sees uh the captain, Jack, his, you know, soon-to-be stepfather, Ned Beatty's character, he says like, like we, that's good. We take care of each other. We're going to take care of, we take care of each other because I think that he was the one that was supposed to be there yeah. taking that bribe. Yep. He was and, the one who was uh, getting set up. Yeah. And Remy wasn't, you know, selling anybody out. You know, he was just like, nope, it's my responsibility to just, you know, eat shit for a little bit and figure out how to destroy the evidence and be on my merry way. And because he's just so like, cool and casual of course he's gonna get out of everything he's you know he's remy mcswain so there we go yeah there's the tagline for the the sequel so hey he's remy mcswain so just a a little side sidebar here what where does this rank in your like internal affairs crooked cop movie ranking like what 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 are the finest of the genre because I'm I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about like you know, of course, internal affairs, and I I also think like the which I don't even think is necessarily in my top. Well, right, hmm. no, no, I think about the negotiator. I put that in there. I mean, Training Day is up there, that's for sure. I'll have to see. I'll have to check Training Day out again. It's been a while. I mean, that's in terms of crooked cop performances. Denzel Washington, he won an Oscar for it. Well, yeah, Denzel Washington. I mean, he's the crooked cop. He's, yeah. you know, the the shady character. Uh, I mean, that one, I think that just like as a, you know, uh, just altogether full package, that's, that's got to be the best. Uh, but I... I think that the Big Easy is definitely up there now that I'm more familiar with it. Right. You see, that one's not as like investigative as as I like. Oh them no, no, to no. Be. I like I like yeah. where we're peeling back the layers and uncovering the mystery as as we go. Much like in the Big Easy. Yeah, the Big Easy does a really good job at you know keeping you guessing the entire time, taking you through every single step of it. I. While also taking you on an amazing tour of New Orleans, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it, it's 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 great. I love it. Um, I'm looking through just a list of other crooked cop movies. You know, I haven't seen Copland in a long time. I need to watch Copland again. That that might be my favorite. That might um, be my favorite. Yeah, Copland. I need to watch again. Uh, the Depo- the Departed. 
The Departed, the Departed is a great one. That's yeah. and that's one, you know, because you're on both sides of it the whole time. And even though you know what's going on and keeping up with everybody, I mean, you know, the rat at the end takes me fully out of it. But if I can, you know, stop the movie before you see the rat, then uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. makes some strange choices sometimes that I can't get behind. I know. I, I I'm I'm yeah. I'm with that, and I'm usually I'm a, a an apologist when it comes to to Marty, but yeah, I, I yeah the, I full, the rat fully was, understand, fully understand. Yeah, that was a bit much even for him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so yeah. so the the Departed. But definitely check out Copland again. Copland. Yeah, I'm going to watch Copland again. Good stuff. Great, great Ray Liotta performance in there. Some great De Niro. You know who else I love in that? Michael Rappaport. Love Michael Rappaport. Oh, yeah. And Stallone. Stallone is really good. And Stallone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Back to the big Yeah, maybe. maybe, Yeah, maybe I'll do a little bit of a, a Crooked Cop film festival just on my own. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, so Dan, I there's really I don't want to say too much because this is perhaps one that people haven't seen or maybe haven't seen in a long time, so I don't want to give away the ending. Um although it's kind of one of those where it's like you just need to see it to like really be able to, you know, see what's going on because there are some moments uh when there are reveals that are just great dramatic moments. Mhm. And some really fun action set pieces that happened at the end of the movie. And uh, it's really, really super engaging. And as a movie that also has a a romance element to it, it's mixed together so well. And you kind of are taken on this ride with with, with Anne Osborne, like to experience like, I do not want to be with this guy. He is a total dirt bag and I fell for it once. I'm not going to fall for it again, but I have to see this, you know, this mission through with him in order to uncover what's going on because I fully believe that he did not know what was happening with this side of things. Right. And uh, you, you go on that journey with her and meanwhile you can see from the rent from memory's perspective, like I can't screw this up. I don't want to overstep any boundaries. You know, the, you know, the guy who's coming to her with like the pizza and trying to get her to go on more dates. Like he's got to take a back seat because there's more important things going on, even though I really have the hots for this lady. Right. And I would, and I would say though, in 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 regards to that, without being too specific about things that happen towards the end of the movie, I will say that I feel about the very last scene of this movie as the rat at the end of The Departed. I didn't need that. Really? I, oh, oh, I, oh! You mean you mean what happens over like the ending credits? And yes. Stuff? Like yes, the very very end. The very very after end. the action. Yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. Not. Not part I, of the story. I, I just don't want to. Yes. I. I agree. Uh, and anybody who see who has seen it knows what we're talking about. But uh, one of the one other thing that I will say is that I love his apartment. It feels very New Orleans. He tall ceilings. I uh, amazing big tall windows. Uh, really cool apartment. I mean, it's very also characteristic of him as a person. There's not a lot of furniture. I, it's I I I imagine that in New Orleans, a lot of places are just kind of a little bit bigger. It is a lot more roomy, and so I it just felt very appropriate of an apartment for him. Yeah, agreed. Like I yeah. I can't really speak to the interiors of New Orleans apartments per se, but they filmed on location in New Orleans, yeah. and there it, it does. And this was also a film that was voted on by our listeners, uh, 
Yeah. Because our social media followers and friends. Because yeah. of course we're looking at like we are from New Jersey. That is the state that we can credibly say like, yes, this movie represents an essence of our state, if not the essence of yeah. our state. So that's what we're looking for is and and that, you know, I'm glad that we got that for Louisiana because we we had a few things in mind but this was a movie that neither of us had seen before yeah and i will say that one of our other options the water boy would have also been such a fun you know different side of louisiana you know not in a big city not in a in an area where people are more familiar with it's i think probably even just a fictional town or parish or whatever it's a fictional in louisiana where, where, yeah fictional college where Bobby Boucher goes. But in that one, I feel like, you know, the, the over the top Cajun accents are acceptable because it's a comedy that's very over the top. And, uh, I, the way that people act, the way people dress and, uh, there's, there's just a lot of delight to be taken from the water boy. Yeah. And, uh, is, is also a, a fun, homage to by you living right and they especially kathy bates's character is uh, the, mama the hot the highlight of little girls is the devil uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah great, the there's great scenes the water boy and, and it definitely does like play on those cajun uh i want to say stereotypes because i do feel like it does it lovingly the farm, the farmer friend I, character, absolutely. the coach who, yeah, no one understands what he's saying. Um, so that one, another one of our options that I'll throw out because it's a favorite of mine, Eve's Bayou, which, which I've never seen, and maybe we'll cover it on the show oh, in the future. I, yeah, without it, and it's also yeah. something worth checking out anyway. It's just a really yeah. cool. It it has a lot of atmosphere and mystery to it, not in in the same way as Big Easy, but yeah, uh, and another wonderful film that I think is very specific to Louisiana. It's not a film that could have taken place anywhere else. Yeah, well, Dan, you know, just talking about the Big Easy, I'd love to know what you would do to kind of revive this all these years later. Almost 40 years later. Yeah. Yeah. And I I do feel like it would be fun to do something with it. Another series could work. Oh, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I don't have anything too creative for this, but I think another series could... I feel like another series where you have um like an assistant district attorney who is kind of... Like... It, develops this kind of tenuous relationship with a with a cop and it doesn't not not necessarily a romantic or sexual relationship at least not you know from the beginning is if it's a series but to say and it doesn't have to be these characters but just teaming up investigating corruption you know, you could kind of do something like The Wire in in mm. New Orleans, you know, police wise. And I know the creator yeah. of The Wire did a series in New Orleans, but that wasn't about oh yeah police corruption. Well, well, I think that one of the things that makes The Big Easy stand out uh, and and different from something like The Wire is its playful spirit. And uh, it takes those, you know, it begins with such levity and, you know, that really fun music. And then once things come to a head and the dramatic moments start to happen, you know, you are going on this journey with this movie that, you know, takes a hard left turn. And, uh, you know, um, like we were saying, uh, you know, once this this guy uh daddy gets killed and they discover that it they it's unmistakably a an undercover cop car 
that's, you know, that's when things are just, you know, because even mm-hmm. right up until before then, things feel very playful, things feel very like loose. And, you know, it's like, all right, well, what's going to happen? And then all that come, all that happens. And it's just like, you know, a really great little foot chase and Ellen Barkin throws a brick on the car and it's awesome. And, and then it's just like, oh, damn, uh, something really serious is going on and we have to get down to the bottom of this and I've got to get my head out of my ass. My name is Remy McSwain. Right. Well, although there's that one scene where he breaks everything down to her and he explains all of the different connections, especially between the different gang leaders yeah. in New Orleans where it, I feel like there's a shift there because there's that's the moment when she's like, oh, you do take this seriously, even though you act yeah. like you don't and you do know what's going on, which makes me think. And I'm thinking about and and the reason another reason why I say a series is because it, you do have different organized crime families in New Orleans. Oh, that's not something we necessarily hear about that often. We don't. Yeah. Necessarily associate. I think, I think New Orleans definitely has that air of cor- like where there could be that corruption. And a lot of that comes from that sense where it, it is a more closed off community. And it, yeah, there is more of that. Like there's the people from here and this is how we do things. And we can tell when you're not from here and we will let you in as we see fit. Right. And, and I think that there's a lot that bleeds into this movie that comes from its origins because it was originally set in Chicago and uh, it makes a lot more sense. I think to have a movie set in Chicago that features, you know, organized crime. And that's not something that you really think about a lot with cities like new Orleans and I think that what's something that's nice about the fact that it's set in New Orleans is that it's kind of just like, this shit's everywhere. Well, and we have our own special flavor of it. And although this is not the first time we're looking at organized crime in the Deep South, if I could remind you about Bobby the Blade from The Client. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Anthony uh, LaPaglia. Listen to our... Yeah, I... Uh, Listen to our uh, Grisham's episode there. There's uh yeah, oh, but outside, but, out, but outside of yeah. the, the Grisham verse and, and sweaty law, yeah, we don't get much of sweaty that. Law. We don't get much of that. So I think no. a a New Orleans set series don't like don't make it a law and order CSI knockoff. But following these characters and following the the kind of movements of, you know, if you have all of this corruption and all of these ties that go back, the you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours with an alligator uh, claw yeah, yeah, right. back scratcher. Following those relationships and the histories of those relationships. And it's kind of like you could go back, especially because you have some of these people that have been there, like, like Remy's father was a cop and like, was, was his grandfather a cop? I don't know if they got into that. I I think so. Right. So like, you get the sense yeah. that there's that like, yeah. And we, and right. We take care of our own. So yeah. Like you could go back in time, you could have flashbacks and show the relationships and how they've developed and evolved over the years and bring it into, and I don't like, don't set it in 1987, set it today. I think New Orleans still carries a lot of that mystique, that, that intrigue and that, that excitement yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a special city. It's there's nothing else like it in this country, for sure. So what are you going to do with it? Well, I I mean, it's such a fun watch. I do think that it would be totally appropriate for a remake. Um I was thinking that it would be for me better suited as a film than a series. I think just because of the energy that you get with a, you know, 90 minute to 
two hour movie, I uh, you can uh, it's it's more engaging sometimes for me to watch something that's I don't know like it, the story resolves itself in a in an amount of, a certain amount of time and you're really going along on a journey with the uh, with the with the film and also it's like I feel like we're just starting to get back into uh, comedic action like R-rated comedic action movies. I feel like there's a bit of a hunger for it. And uh, that was something that used to be so big and has kind of gone away. And uh, it really needs to come back. So I feel like a cool, comedic, R-rated action movie. Um, I was thinking that, uh, you know, the Remy McSwain character would be a lot of fun for Donald Glover. Um, also I think that Anne Osborne, it'd be really cool to have Greta Lee in there. Greta Lee has been just absolutely, uh, killing it. I mean, I first took notice of her on Russian Doll, the, uh, Natasha Lyonne show. She was so funny on that. And then seeing her, I watched her on the morning show. I thought she was fantastic. And then it recently in past lives, obviously, I mean, she's getting all this recognition for it and that's for a good reason. She's totally incredible she's super funny she can she's she can do a lot and i feel like she'd be really fun in this kind of role because this kind of role it's like yes you have the serious you know tough lawyer moments but then you also have the vulnerable i'm also a human moments uh when you know she's kind of loosening up to Remy and that back and forth, I think is, is really fun. And somebody like Greta Lee, I think could be really awesome at at that. So that's where I'm at. Sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. Dan, I I have, I, I have a little bit of a surprise for you. I don't know if I'd call this so much of a quiz, but it is, uh, it's something it's not a quiz because it's really just a matter of like, all right, how long will it take you? So, it's called the big quiz because I don't have a better word for it. Uh, so I'm going to list actor. Because the, uh, the big quiz would names. sound wrong. No, it's the big quiz because I'm going to list a bunch of actors' names uh, that are in a movie in reverse order that Wikipedia lists them. And you have to tell me which movie it comes from that title begins with The Big. Because as we know, Dan, this is going to be easier than you think. Okay. So I'm going to get so perfect. Okay. Let's start off simple. Okay. Bob Kearney, Jim Garrison, Gaylord Sartain. You should already oh, have wait. this. So I'm, I'm looking for a movie. You're guessing the name of the movie that, that has the title that begins with the big, the big easy. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So you get it. All right. I'm going to do another one. That's going to be going to be an easy one for you. Richard Grant, Amy Mann, Asia Carrera, Marshall Manish, Warren Keith. We're not up to the ones yet. I can skip a few. I'm going to skip a few. Uh, Don Don Marrera. The the Big Lebowski. Yes, that's the Big Lebowski. You know, as you get closer to the top, the the names start to become... Yeah. Okay. Uh, This one, I'm going to start... I'm going to skip a few of them here because uh, I know that you won't recognize them, but Mitra Juhari... Uh, Rebecca Naomi Jones, uh, David Allen Greer, Jeremy Seamus, Kurt Brownoller, Amy Bryant, Bo Burnham, Adil Akhtar, Zenobia Shroff, Anupam Kerr. This is where you're going to start to get it. Ray Romano. Oh, the big sick. The big sick. That's right. Okay. This one's a fun one. Marissa Tomei, Jeremy Strong, Hamish Linkletter, Finn Whitrock, John Magaro, Brad Pitt, uh, Ryan Gosling. The, the big, uh, oh, the big short. That's right. They don't, they don't list, uh, you know, Margot Robbie or anybody who like plays themselves in it, like Selena Gomez. The, um, they're kind of in as a, their own separate category. All right, here's where things are going to... This one's going to get a little bit more tricky, so I'm actually going to start more towards the middle here. Uh, and your clue, I'm giving you a clue for this one. It's from 1946. Bob Steele, 
Charles D. Brown, Charles Waldron, Peggy Knudsen, Regis Toomey, Dorothy Malone, Sonia Darren, Martha Vickers, John I'm, Ridgely. I'm going to throw a guess out there. Is it the big country? Nope. These next two might give it away. Lauren Bacall. The big sleep. Humphrey Bogart. There you go. All right. This next one. Kevin Costner. Ken Place. James Gillis. The big chill. The big chill. Good job. All right. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get this one. Steven Weber. The amazing June Squibb. John Cleese. Al Roker. Andrew Wilson. Kevin Pollack. Jesse Moss, Corbin Burnson, Callum Worthy, Joel McHale, Tim Blake Nelson, Anthony Anderson, the amazing Diane Weiss, Brian Dennehy, the aforementioned on this podcast episode, Joe Beth Williams, Rosamond Pike, Jim Parsons, Angelica Houston, Rashida Jones, and now here's where we get to the actual leads, people that are on the poster. Owen Wilson, Jack Black. Oh, Steve, Steve Martin. Mar- the big, is this the, the big, oh, is this the bird watching one? Yeah. Do you know what it's called? The birding one, the big, oh, 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 damn it. 2011. I can, I can picture the poster. And this was what yeah, I of course th- you can. I thought this is one of the I thought about this. Yeah, I I it's not the big short. It's the big the big not the big swipe. Well, okay, one could venture to say that it's not the big short, but it's more of the big long, but long in sense of the duration of time. The the big se- no, the big not- year the big year okay the big year yeah okay this one i'm not sure you're going to get but i'm going to give it a shot anyway and i'm going to skip a lot of names because i don't know uh most of the people on here a lot of them actually you know how wikipedia it's like if they're not linked then they they probably haven't done anything else um worthy of a wikipedia page for themselves libby valari Jordan Brower. This is from 1995, by the way. That's a little hint. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, Yareli Arizmendi, Chauncey Lapardi, Patrick Renna, John Terry, J.O. Sanders, Olivia Daabo, o- Steve Gutenberg, and Bug Hall. Oh. Oh. I would say that uh, Patrick Renna is I well, let me let me take a look. I, I think that Patrick Renna is the one that is most recognizable from this movie. If you know who that is, no, <laughs> you said a lot okay. of other names I recognized. The big okay, so is Steve uh, Gutenberg, correct? It is a sports comedy. The Big Green, correct? Okay, I've okay. never seen that. Here's one, a fun but, one. Yeah. Yeah, not surprised. Uh, here, okay, this one doesn't have very many names to it. Kala Alexander, Wendy Thorlexen, Harry Dean Stanton, Willie Nelson, Baby Baby Newworth, Gary Sinise, Vinnie Jones, Sarah Foster, Charlie Sheen, Morgan Freeman, and Owen Wilson. I assure you that you've seen the poster for this. I know. Yeah. But yeah. But have never thought, oh, I want to watch that. No, no. Right. Could you please go back through the, the cast like in reverse order? Uh starting from my beginning? Yeah. No, starting from where I'll you just, just mention a few names. Yeah. So Harry Dean Stanton, Willie Nelson, BB Newworth, Gary Sinise. Vinnie Jones, Sarah Foster, Charlie Sheen, Morgan Freeman, and playing a character named Jack Ryan, Owen Wilson. This was like a direct-to-DVD thing, wasn't it? I don't know. 
I don't remember this ever being in the theater. I only ever just remember seeing the 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 cover art for it. It's from 2004, and it is called The Big Bounce. Yeah. Okay. Right. I know. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This next one you're going to get. Don Franklin, Tracy Brooks Swope, Kim Maiori, Jason Gould, Dan Schneider. Okay. Now here's where we're going to get into some bigger ones. Terry Hatcher, Michael McKeon. Jennifer Jason Lee, JT Walsh, Emothy Longstreth, and Kevin Bacon. From 1989. Oh, from oh, the big picture. Yes, it's a big picture. Got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. This one is another oldie from 1958. And we're gonna start with Chuck Robertson, Dorothy Adams, Chuck Hayward. Chuck Connors. This is a time when people were named Chuck. I just mentioned three Chucks. Alfonso Bedoya, Charles Bickford, maybe some people call him Chuck, Burl Ives, Charlton Heston, Carol Baker, Gene Simmons, J-E-A-N, not G-E-N-E, and Gregory Peck. You said it earlier. Yeah, the big country. Yeah, it's the big country. That's what I I thought it was. Here is one that I don't know if you are going to get. So feel free to to say, wow, I just don't know that one. But there are so many big names in it that it's kind of just like, wow, right. Okay, this did exist. Krista Campbell, Megan Ketch, Kyle Bornheimer, Robin Williams, Patricia Ray, Anna Ayora, David Rash, Christine Ebersole, Amanda Seyfried, Susan Sarandon. The Big Wedding. Ben Bar. That's correct. You got it. This is one where I was like, wow, I completely forgot about that movie from 2013. I, I, and yeah. because I frequently forget about it and because it is, like, oh, like Robin Williams and Susan Sarandon, isn't like Diane Keaton in it or something? Or- yeah. Yeah. Di- Robert De Niro, Diane Keaton, Catherine Heigl, right. Topher Grace. Right. Yeah. Okay. Dan, this one only has five people listed in the cast. So it's not the big cast. It is cast. from 1990. It is from, it is not very much so. It's from 1995. Jen Taylor, Paul Dawson, Peter Facinelli, Danny DeVito, Kevin Spacey. The big, hold on a second. The big kahuna. That's correct. And finally, the last one, the last one, and I'm going to see if you can get this from just this one hint. Uh, This was one of the first DVDs I ever owned. Okay. Big hit. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) I don't know how you, did you know that? Yes. I mean, did I know that that you was one that. of the first DVDs you ever owned? Yeah. And here's why. Because every now and again, <laughs> I will randomly think of that film and think of what an outlier it is. It, it's kind of, I don't know about an outlier in your collection because I think your collection has enough outliers that maybe it's not so much of an outlier. But I, it's, hey, it's, and I'm sure it's an R-rated action comedy, comedic yeah. action movie. Uh, 1998. I this is uh, during the time uh, b- before Mark Wahlberg was like accepted into, uh, you know, you know, Boogie Nights was like the one thing, and then it was like everything else was just kind of he's still Marky Mark. I mean, what, fear, well, basketball, clearly, basketball diaries, Boogie. Yeah, yeah so, Boogie Nights but this was, was really this was yeah. just. Yeah, but this isn't that era. You know, he's like very much finding himself as an actor, and it's a starring role. Lou and Diamond Phillips, Applegate, is in it. Lou Diamond Phillips, uh, who's so good in this, Bokeem and Antonio Sabato Jr. Yep, Elliot Gould, and so this is one of those movies. It's so silly. There's some moments in it 
that I love, you know, there's the, the trace bust, you know, the, the thing that blocks people tracing your number. It's the trace mm. buster, but the other guy is the trace buster buster. Then the other guy is the trace buster buster buster. It's so funny, but it's a completely ridiculous. It's very of its time fashion wise. If I remember uh, correctly. And yeah. Sensibilities. And soundtrack so, and anyway, yeah, I thought that'd be a fun one to go, to go out on, but I'd say overall you, you, you did real well. Um, we can just forget about the big year, uh, and the big bounce. I feel like those and you I, know, the big green, I can forget about them see that. again. Yeah. Yeah. But I knew you'd get the big chill very easily. Um, if you had for the, the big, big short was a pretty if, easy for one. the big green. If you had said like the, like chubby redheaded curly haired kid right from the sandlot yeah. i would and have said the big and green. that's patrick renna i that, that's and now renna. that's right and so, now that's yeah. name wise i did not recognize his name but yeah, yeah that one but like yeah the big year the big bounce like you've said see i think the big year i i tried to watch once and then just it was mm. I watched it and I was like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. It's there. Uh, Yeah. It's a, it's a more subtle Jack Black performance. I don't know. Uh, It's, it's fun to see Steve Martin with like the, the other generation of comedy juggernauts. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, But I was, you know, thinking about the big easy and then I made. Then I think I was thinking of the Big Lebowski because I was like, "Oh, John Goodman's been in two movies that start with the big," and I was like, "There's a lot of movies that just start with the big, and then it's one word." That, and so I thought it'd be fun to kind of uh, have a, do a little do a little something fun with that. No, that you're because you're right. That was a lot of fun. I doubt we even scratched the surface, really. Of the I, big, the big I movies. Tried, yeah, there's some other ones from like early cinema days where I'm just like. He'll never know it. The big train like, robbery. I don't recognize. <laughs> well, I, I I just stuck to the ones with just one word after the big. Got it. The big train. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if anybody listening has their fond favorites of movies that start with the big, or perhaps you've seen the big easy and have a really great idea of some way that you want to bring it back in 2024 email us ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you we also have a link to our link tree in this episode's description so please check that out got a lot of fun stuff on there uh dan is there anything else that you wanted to mention about the big easy no just wanted to thank everyone who uh well everyone who voted regardless of what they yeah. of what they recommended or what they voted for and uh want to thank the write-ins and just want to let you know even if we didn't get to your pick for this episode we're still we're going to come back around so yeah, yeah we're not done in Louisiana just for now no we're not no we're not yeah So, Dan, on the next episode, we're going to Maine. Do you want to tell everybody where we're going on our Maine journey? We're going to Maine. We are going going to a very intimate place in Maine, and that place is in the bedroom. So, it's a 2001, uh, really a a big uh, movie, a small movie that got really big, uh, directed by by Todd Field and starring is it stars Marissa Tomei, Nick Stahl, Sissy Spacek, and of course the late great Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, pour one out. Right. Yeah. Uh, who I believe But was, I'm excited. Yeah. Nominate I believe he was nominated for an Academy Award for this. So Oh, uh, wonderful. Well, it, I'm excited to check it out. I've never seen it before. Uh and I love I uh, Whenever I watch a Todd Field movie, I just think about Nick Nightingale standing behind the camera on a piano and saying, action. Fidelio. Fidelio. All right, Tim. <laughs> well, as you, uh, as you cruise down the bayou, I wish you a good journey. Good journey. Good journey.